At the tone, please record your voice message. Hey, Jesse, it's Brian. The defining moment at this year's ever-expanding Coachella Music Festival proved to be the appearance of someone who wasn't even there at all. It was the not infamous debut of a hologram version of the late great Tupac, performing with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and a handful of other MCs. But you probably already know this, as it's been the talk of the internet ever since he made his artificial and ghostly appearance at the festival. As the members of Queen announced a similar optical illusion, in their words, for the resurrection of their dead lead singer, Freddie Mercury, this hologram fad is proving to be no fad at all. I'm just waiting for word that there's going to be an Elvis hologram performing on the Vegas Strip. Then we'll have come full circle. The thing is, though, this idea of holding on to dead rock stars long after they're gone is almost a rite of passage for being considered an immortal musician. There's a distinct irony in yearning for this kind of eternal presence for musicians when the whole idea of pop can be boiled down to a fleeting moment of youth. More often than not, these moments are captured for all time. There's photographs, recordings, concert footage, journals, notebooks, clothes, record collections, their living spaces, you name it. I bet you out there somewhere, there's some fan lonely enough to want to consume all those possessions and moments in some way. If anything, this hologram nonsense is just a more state-of-the-art way for fans to consume a dead musician, their work, and their persona. The most common example of how we as fans remember rock stars is through the releasing of unfinished songs completed after they're long dead. It's called the posthumous release. Sometimes these posthumous sessions give longtime and obsessive fans key insights to what artists are striving for in an early version of a classic, or at other times it's the sound of a weird tangent that never came to fruition. In essence, they are the throwaway songs that were thrown away, and for good reason. You can almost file these kinds of releases in either of those categories. So if you had to file the newest Joey Ramone solo album entitled You Know, it would most definitely be the throwaways that shouldn't have ever been released. The album itself is comprised of recordings from the mid-90s when the Ramones were playing shows again. During that time, there was some kind of working demo and decent enough recordings of Ramone's voice so that something could be constructive out of it, oh, 12 years after his death. Joan Jett, Stephen Van Zandt from the E Street fame, Richie Ramone, and members of Cheap Trick all appear on the album, not to mention Ed Stasium and Jean Beauvoir oversaw the production of You Know, both of whom worked with the Ramones when they were producing their classics in the 70s. So you can't argue that there's not some kind of pseudo-respected pedigree behind this album. The styles range from finger-tapping metal guitar solos, quirky Christmas songs, and slowed-down country, all channeled through the charisma of Joey himself. The result is an album out of time that could easily have been released 20 years ago and sounded the same. The album is timeless in the worst sense of the word. You know, it is proof positive that just because we as fans of rock and pop don't have access to music that has remained unreleased doesn't really mean that we should. But maybe that's not the point. Maybe you don't even have to be alive to be a pop star anymore. As long as there's a long back catalog of shelved recordings and your fans are nostalgic enough, it's going to get released one way or another. Future rock stars could probably use this as some kind of lesson, in that there's no privacy in documented ideas once you're not around to say anything about them anymore. So my advice, create accordingly. This has been a message from Hate Your Answering Machine.